Hey, what's up, guys? If you guys are regular listeners to Empty Out the Clip or any one of our other podcasts on the West West Network, back on the 135, 135 playlist, Afagasi Scoop, or the Counteract, go check out updates on our social media pages Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're on there on the West West Network. Also, check out our articles we write for our website, www.westwestnet.com. Man, what a start to the NBA playoffs. If there was any indication how good these playoff games would be, you'd witness how good it was during the play-in tournament. I mean, those two games that I watched, the Golden State Warriors, when they lost to get eliminated from the playoff contention, were classic games. The two all-star team leaders going at it with LeBron and Steph, and then the upstart Memphis Grizzlies, led by last year's Rookie of the Year, Jeremy Morant. Man, honestly, these games set the pace and tone of what is to come. And the first round of the playoffs delivered. On Sunday, we had the Bucks and Miami go down to the wire into overtime. Chris Middleton scoring that game winning. We saw the dunk by Kawhi Leonard. Posterizing Maxi Kleber. Man, that was some nasty shit. But in the end, it doesn't matter because the Mavs go ahead and win game one. Not sure about that series about the Clippers, eh? They might um, fail again, but we'll see. We got to finally see the Brooklyn Nets stars play together. Against the Boston Celtics. The seas going down 104-93. My Portland Trailblazers picking up a win on the road against the depleted Denver Nuggets. Led by Jokic. The Joker. You know we had no answers for Jokic. He was a beast. A clear front runner for the MVP. And then the 76ers. They beat the Wizards as expected. They also are expected to sweep the series. Yesterday the Suns defeat the Lakers. And this was a somewhat surprising because everyone thinks the Sun will be no match for the Lakers, especially against their powerful front court. We got to see LeBron still going for that Oscar award. Come on, I saw that replay. That little arm tangle you had with Chris Paul. That was nothing. Chris let go and LeBron threw himself to the floor. And then what about the the fake physio doing work on his arm on the timeout? Come on, man. And then yesterday was the big one. The New York Knicks, their first appearance in the playoffs since 2013. Back then, Kamalo Anthony was in there, and Jason Kidd were playing for the Knicks. At that time, in the 2013 playoffs, they made it to the Eastern's, Eastern semifinals, but they lost to the Pacers four games to two. It was Kidd's last season before retirement. Anyways, yesterday the crowd was back at the MSG, and it looked like a party in the stands. It was spoiled, though. By Ice Trey hitting that game winner, leaving 0.7 seconds on the clock in the fourth quarter. And then you see images of Ice Trey shushing the crowd, shushing the hostile crowd. <laughs> it was a classic. Rem- reminded me of the Reggie Miller versus the Knicks back in the days. Remember the, the battle between Reggie and Spike Lee on the side? I think this will be a new East rivalry for the ages. I think Trey Young will be the villain at the Garden in this series. Can't wait to see the next game. And then lastly, we have the Grizzlies-Utah Jazz Series. The Grizz steal Game 1, and what continues to be looks like the rise of Ja Morant. This dude has been phenomenal. Him along with Dylan Brooks, who also can't be ignored. Donovan Mitchell has been out though, but is due to return, so things will get interesting when he does. Yeah man, so so excited for the NBA playoffs. Can't wait for today's games. I've been putting my earphones on and... And listening to the play-by-play. 
while I'm at work. So looking forward to that. And looking forward to the weekend so I can actually watch these games. But uh, my guest today on the podcast is the host of the West West Network's Rugby Union podcast, The Counter Rug, Stacey Tilianu. And we talk about the weekend Super Rugby trans Tasman matches and how one-sided these games have been so far. And since we are both hardcore Blue supporters, we talk about the blues Waratahs game. And then later, I talked to Stace about some NRL and the Warriors' win over the West Tigers. And we discussed the rise of new signing Reese Walsh, the young kid from Queensland doing amazing things for the Warriors. So I hope you guys enjoyed this session of Empty Out the Clip, the podcast where I talk to people who are passionate about sports, movies, TV and music. If you're listening to this and you reckon you, you would... You could be a guest on on this podcast if, if these are your your passions as well. Anything about sports, movies, TV, or music? Yeah, just give us a just give us a private message on our Facebook pages and Instagram, the West West Network, and let's go from there. Five, All right. Four. Enjoy. Three, two, one. You are now listening to Empty Out the Clip. Okay, welcome Stace to another episode of Empty Out The Clip. Thanks for um, jumping on board, man. No worries, brother. Love uh, the Empty Out The Clip <laughs> podcast, so happy to be part of it. That's cool, man. That's cool. What a week of sports this weekend. For me, it started mm. Friday night with the Hurricanes and Highlanders game. And then and then Saturday was the, the final game of the NBA play-in tournament. So you had the Warriors versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Man, that was such an awesome game. So, I don't know if you're a, a Golden State Warriors fan, but they were eliminated in the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. By Jaron Morant and the, and the young Memphis Grizzlies, a young team. That was a pretty cool uh, underdog overcoming the the big guns. <laughs> yeah. I, I know you guys are hardcore into the NBA, so I'm just sort of a recent follower. And I just jumped on the teams that have been winning. So yeah, I'm a recent fan, which means yeah, Golden State Warriors is probably my team at the moment. Just how they've been performing over the last sort of four or five seasons. Just that's when I just jumped in. I know I'm late to the party, but yeah, I was a bit disappointed to see them get eliminated. Even though I didn't get to watch as much of it as I would like. Like I mainly watch a lot of the rugby and the league, which we'll touch on as well. And my partner won't let me watch that much sports. So <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you you put those posts up about what's going on and. The NBA on our on um on our social media pages just so I can keep afloat about what's going on. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you know, but um the NBA introduced this new one week tournament. They call it the play in tournament. So mm. so traditionally in the NBA you're if you're the top eight in the top eight of each conference, you make it into the playoffs. But because last year uh, COVID sort of fucked all that up, so mm. so how it works was that seventh and eighth spot they they play and the winner secures seventh spot. The, the loser has to play the winner of 9 and 10. Nice. And whoever wins that game secures 8th spot. And then the playoffs start. So what was interesting about that was on the West you had LA Lakers coming down to 7th spot. And then the 8th seed went to Golden State Warriors. So they played LA 1. So LA secured 7th spot. And so that meant Golden State had to play the loser of 9 and 10. Which was Grizzlies... Anyway, Grizzlies won, and that was the game that was on Saturday, and yet yeah, the Warriors lost. So, for the first time ever, the Golden State Warriors, they finished 8th, and they didn't make the playoffs. So, it's the first oh, time wow. that ever happened, if you know. If, so, 
So I don't know. I, I guess they do this pay-in tournament because of a short season. And it, it sort of makes sense because if your team is like... It gives those 9 and 10 seeded teams a chance to get into just just to get to make it more exciting but i don't know if you're if you're going to stay warriors and, and you finish at eighth spot anyway and you go it's got this playoff playing tournament and then you you lose two games and you're out that's kind of uh unfair do you think you know one thing i liked about the nba because like obviously we're doing this podcast from new zealand we watch sports like rugby and league these are like our main sports the nba they fully appreciate the entertainment side of things so the fans and that they would love to see these just additional playoff games it's harsh on the warriors like you say finishing eighth but to be fair they finished eighth they would have probably got eliminated in the first round anyway even if they got through so you know it's um you can't really expect much from eighth but i think overall obviously i'm a a Golden State guy, but um, which is a bit disappointing. But I think for the overall, uh, from a basketball perspective, man, they just what they do in the NBA. They're bloody awesome at engaging the fans and giving the fans what they want to see. So I think it's a good idea, even though my team ended up being on the receiving end of of it. So yeah, I, I like it. What about you, mate? What did you think of it? Do you do you think it's a good idea? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good idea if you have a shortened season like they had, you know, like they had. So. I don't know if it works in uh in when they when they go back to eighty two games. Right. I might. I don't know because because you know it's it's sad if if you work so hard all season to get seven or eight spot and you lose twice and you're out. You know. <laughs> but I, I guess that's how it goes. But uh, but I think you're right about the entertainment factor of it because it is entertaining. And mm, instead mm. of uh instead of a seven game series, you're getting a a do or die game. You know, at least to get in, which is something you don't get you don't really get in the NBA. Like, you always have to have a seven-game series to go through. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, I mean, if you were a fan of, say, um, like, if you were a Grizzlies fan, like, in a shortened season, and you were coming ninth, you'd think, shucks, if it was a, went the full season, the full 82 games, we might have snuck into eighth or seventh. So you got to take both sides of it. And in, in this case, with the shortened season, I'm with you. I think it's a good idea, because if you finish ninth or tenth, and you think five five more games or whatever it was, we could have snuck in then you got to be like you got to still look at it from both sides i guess mm. uh, i like what you said about the entertainment factor how the nba is really good at you know creating this league that's so entertaining for you know for for the masses so that yeah. that's, that's a good that's a good segue into what we're going to talk about the um super rugby <laughs> trans tasman because it's like the opposite it's like, <laughs> exactly. it's, like you know, it's like it's like we just had uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, and it was such so competitive. Like we we watch these games because you never know who's gonna win. Because you know it's like it's hard. It's like test match. It's like test matches. You know, and and fuck. It's like close scores. You know, but then you know yeah. I've watched two games already in this trans two weeks of trans Tasman. I'm giving up. I'm giving up watching after. You know, halfway through the second half, man, because it's like fucking New Zealand's <laughs> kicking ass. New Zealand's kicking ass, man. Like, I don't know. I think it's gonna be a. It's come down to who's gonna be the first New Zealand team to lose against the Australian team. You know. Yep, basically, like we're we're two weeks in, and all five Australian teams are eliminated already. From I don't think they can make the finals unless some some think dramatic really happens but uh yeah it was disappointing you know we did on the counter our other podcast we we looked at the australian teams we thought that they might be better than 
by how they've performed. The two teams, the Reds and the the Brumbies are obviously the two best teams in Australia. And yeah, they haven't been that good so far from what I've seen. Um, but I think you're right. It's just going to be interesting. Some of the New Zealand teams will go through undefeated, I still think. But um, Australia's got to win a couple of games, surely. Uh, you know, they've got some... The two teams that I mentioned, the Reds and the Brumbies, are the two best teams. So I think that someone of them two will win at least one game, you'd think. Hopefully. Yeah. It concerns me with, with our teams playing the Waratahs. Because the Waratahs are putting up these high scores... And, they're, and whoever the Waratahs play, they're putting on high scores too. And then we saw that with the Hurricanes last week, now with the Blues this week. And and you never saw that during Super Rugby Aotearoa. You don't not many tries, like, you know, not as many tries as as you have when you play the Waratahs, you know. But it's just a, to me, it looks like a different game, man. It's like, I don't know, I think New Zealand's on a, another level. It's like we should be giving our NBC teams a run at uh, Transfans, but not our Super <laughs> Rugby teams, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's the thing, because like you said, the, the intensity in the New Zealand conference is so strong, so they're playing hard games every week, whereas in Australia, the Brumbies and the Reds, when they play each other, that's a really tough game, but outside of that, they've got quite easy games, and that's where you can get some bad habits and all the rest of it. I heard um, Brad Thorne, the coach of the Reds, when they got, they got pounced, pummeled by the bloody the crusaders and he talked about that as well he said hey look you know we we need to play new zealand more often just for this reason if we play against ourselves the competition is not that good and we get left behind so we need that competition and he said hey look this is he told his team you guys think he's won you think you're australian champions well you just got introduced to what world class looks like that's what he said that's what world class looks like we're we're way off the pace and he said, hey, it felt like we just got punched in the face and we were supposed to be the champions. Um, so, yeah, he was really candid about it and he's 100% right. So, I don't know when Australian rugby is out in the grand scheme of things. And that was one of the things we wanted to learn from the competition. You know, when they're playing against each other, they look all right. But when you put them up in New Zealand, then you get to see how they really are. And, you know, they're not that good, which is unfortunate for the competition. Yeah, I think I think it's not good for the competition. I mean... If I don't know if these organizers of uh, Trans Hasman competition realized this was going to happen, because if they did, <laughs> yeah. if they did, they probably mixed it up. They probably would have mixed it up, you know, mm. like you know, just you know, have a have a short version of Super Rugby. You know, everyone play someone, I don't know, three times or something, or have you know, have everyone play each other. Mm. Yeah, they're going to have to look at it again for next season because this format's not working. We're two weeks into the new competition and they have to scrap it for next season or come up with something else. So yeah, they need to take a leaf out of the NBA NBA book, find out what the fans want, find out what works, Get that in, think about the entertainment of the game because at the moment, like you say, it's not entertaining. And then I'm, I'm sure a lot of people like you in the third week where half the competition's already eliminated, they're going to be like, well, what's the point of watching this? And it's that entertainment factor, which we talked to be touching about. It's a theme for Super Rugby. It has to be entertaining to keep the fans engaged. Otherwise, they're not going to watch. And I, I'm with you. I think that that's going to happen. I'm a diehard rugby fan, so I'll just watch it anyway, even if it's if it's one-sided. But, um, you know, I pref- much prefer it to be a lot more even. Whatever they need to do to make it better and make it work, they should have to do that. So, hmm. yeah, for sure. More competitive. They need to make it more competitive. That that's the entertainment. Um, it is entertaining to watch. You know, us us New Zealanders are scoring those uh, those end to end tries. <laughs> yep, yep, that's something. Yeah, ghosting through the gaps. So that's entertaining, but we don't want to do it like and win. You know, it's it's kind of like the 
it goes to show like how strong New Zealand rugby is. And I think the danger is if we continue to play Australia like we're playing them, like it doesn't measure up to the rest of the world, you know? It's not a good measure if we keep on playing them. Do 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 you believe that or? Because if we, because when we're playing Super Rugby, we we do the the um the Blizzler, we just play in Australia, right? But but we're we're winning against Australia every year anyway. And then when it comes to World Cup time or going over, you know, we we're playing these other teams that we don't really, you know, we don't really play play much of because when they do come down here for those June tests back in the days, they they just bring their their B team. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how if if playing Australia and all these big wins in Super Rugby is a is a detriment to the All Blacks. You know, it might be like a hidden because we're so used to we're on a high for winning these games, but we're not really measuring ourselves with the overseas teams, the Northern Hemisphere teams. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Rugby. It's a simple game, but it can be quite diverse in a lot of ways. So if you think about the way that we play down here in New Zealand and in Australia, it's really attack-focused. They will chance their arm a lot more, go for the counter-attacks, run it from everywhere. But if you play against England, they play the opposite, and they will just rumble it through the forwards. South Africa do the same. France have got sort of a French flair. Everyone's got their own sort of style. And when you, you've got to play against multiple styles to improve as a team. So I do have similar questions to you. Like, what can you... If you put, if the Hurricanes are putting 60 on the Waratahs and the Crusaders are putting 60, that all-out attacking style isn't going to work in Test Match Rugby. So it's like really bad preparation in that way as well. So sometimes you can get into those bad habits of just thinking we're just going to run it from everywhere which is what New Zealand's doing because they're putting the Australian teams to the sword. But if you try and do that against, um, you know, South Africa and France and England and these other top teams who've got very good defence and will, you know, rely on you to make mistakes and try to capitalise on it that way, no, that's not going to work. So I agree. The preparation isn't ideal. But just with COVID, eh, you know, we're the only people who are playing internationally really at the moment. So, you know, you just got to take it with a grain of salt and just hope that Australia can get it together. Because I think that more than anything, Australia might get more out of it just realising where they're at and what they've got to work on. So I think that um, Dave Rennie, the coach, he'll look at his team and he'll get a lot more out of those losses and a lot more figure out who's good and who's not and who can handle the pressure and who can't more than, say, Foster from the All Black side. Yeah, I agree with that. It will, will benefit Australia more than, than us. I remember Leon McDonald, he came on the media and he talked about... Um, um, why New Zealand teams are doing way better than Australian teams in the Super Rugby at the moment, and he's talked about the depth. The depth in New Zealand rugby is is, is much more better than Australia. Like he talked about the game, the Blues game against the Waratahs, and you know we had these guys come off the bench, and you know impact players that probably Waratahs don't have, and that's he said that's all across the board with the Australian teams. Like their their bench is real weak, you know, when it comes to their team. So when you think of when I think of the the Wallabies and their squad like they they pick the best of of these teams but they're probably having five Australian teams that probably um it probably thins it out you know it thins out all the all the all the talent across Australia so and that's why you got in in at the Western Force you got all these foreign players playing there it's like a it's like a made up team huh? mm-hmm. yeah and you think back to 
I suppose, like, for me, I'm old, I'm old enough to remember, like, the early days of Super Rugby uh, when Australia only had the three teams, the Brumbies, the Reds, and, and the Waratahs. And that, that sort of late 90s, early 2000s, Australia was, they were just as good as the All Blacks, if not better at some point. So they had the Bledisloe Cup from, like, 98 to 2003. And that was just with the three teams. And it was that similar thinking to what you mentioned earlier, where... You know, all their the strength is, you know, compacted into three teams and they, they were all strong. So the competition for spots was, was really, really fierce. Whereas now you've got guys who quite who aren't quite uh, super rugby level players getting games and getting, um, you know, contracts who aren't that good. So, uh, yeah, that depth is a real issue for Australia. Uh, and, and they don't have enough for five teams at this point anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know um, how the rest of the competition will go. Probably the same. Uh, mm. Everyone's probably just waiting for the first Australian team to win against the New Zealand side. But um, this, this now it makes things sort of easy to understand. Now, now you gotta win. You gotta get those five bonus points every game. Now, it's, it's so important. <laughs> it's so important because mm. because I think the top four are gonna win. Might win every game. You know. And yeah, yeah, and, and that'll be hard to say. Top five will win every single game. We're going to come down to bonus points. But how suck is mm, that? Mm. And, and, then, and that's yeah, when you've got to look suck. at the, those organizers. And that's when you've got to look at the organizers. <laughs> hey, man, what the hell, you guys? You guys got this wrong. You guys got this wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think um, it might be the last year of Trans Tasman after that, if that happens, <laughs> which is entirely possible. Eh? They'll be like, oh, just get rid of it, stop working. Um, good, a good thing to note. Um, when I was watching those NBA games in the weekend, like they got crowds now. There's crowds in yeah. the in the stadiums, so good signs if we're if we're thinking about the COVID around the world. You know, America's like the biggest one of the biggest COVID spots in the world, and it's good mm. to see the crowds in in the in the, in the stadiums. But um, which probably seems to me probably next year, you know, COVID starting to come down. Um, everybody's getting vaccinated, so we might be able to see uh, a proper Super Rugby competition like we had before. Like a super, we'll be Super Twelve, right? Because we've got those two Pacific teams coming in. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that, yes. that looks that looks quite promising. Yeah, it'll be good to get a a different flavour from the the Pacific teams, Moana Pacifica and uh, Fiji and Drua. So yeah, I think they're going to add a lot to the team. More excitement. More flair <laughs> if we didn't have enough already. So um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. I, I'm quite excited about that. More so than the, the current structure and the current tournaments that we've got. Anyway, I'll say that at least. Mm-hmm. So, um, so our favorite team, the the Blues. I know you're a diehard Blues fan, same as me. Um, they played the World Series yes. on the weekends, yep. and it was good to see them. Because all I, <laughs> I knew they're going to win. I just wanted them to secure those five points. Those five bonus points and i know on our chat you mentioned that like blues just played the two lowest teams in australia so now we're gonna face the reds brumbies yeah yeah, yeah the blues you're right they've played the two lowest ranked teams so um if you if you look at the way super rugby australia worked there there was um they had a top three in the competition so uh, in the semi-finals uh, second played third and then the winner would go on to play first place in the final so the two teams that missed out 
for making the playoffs was the Rebels and that's who the Blues just pummeled in the first round and then the Waratahs who were winless basically in Super Rugby Australia so the Blues to their credit you know they've picked up maximum points against those uh, two teams which is what you want them to do but um, they have got some touch some tougher games coming up and then we will know if the Blues are the real deal or they're just good at beating up on those Gaia teams but uh, they got the Brumbies this week and that's going to be a good game so it'll be interesting to see how they go from there yeah uh, the Brumbies they'll be a good game they'll, they'll be a true test or one of the top teams in Australia mm. and it's probably a good thing that we we've we played the the, the Melbourne Rebels and and Rotas to start with just to warm ourselves up you know to get a feel of what yeah. the get a feel of what it's like because hopefully we can grab those five bonus points when we play the and win against the, the Brumbies are we, we're playing away eh? we're playing over there in, in Canberra are we now we're playing now we're playing here in, at Eden Park and I think the Reds okay. got the Chiefs in Queensland so that could be we talked about which Ooh. teams might steal a win and maybe hopefully not the Blues will lose but the Reds Chiefs could be a good a good win, but um, yeah, it's going to. I think two undefeated teams and bonus points will decide will be in the final. So, basically, the Blues, if they want any chance, they've got to win all their games. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, just looking at the table, like the Blues and the Hurricanes are on track with um, full um, full full points for two weeks. I just want to talk about the the Blues Waratahs game a bit. Man, I thought I thought this was the team we should have went with throughout the Aotearoa. Probably my last slam I would have put um. What's his name? Uh, Mark Clark, uh, Caleb Clark. There. Oh, Clark, yeah. yeah. Clark and, um, and him, and Bryce him. He was awesome. Bryce him. He was the man. Hat trick, scored a hat trick. Yeah, he was bloody good. I, yeah, I, I didn't really rate him that highly. Um, when they said they signed Bryce him, I was like, okay, just another another body. But um, yeah, to his credit, for the opportunities he's got, he looks like he's uh, he's learned a lot from his time away in Europe. Because I remember he was with Auckland. Uh, for a bit there, and he was he was solid. He wasn't without being spectacular, but um, he looks good. He played for the Chiefs too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you got to give him credit. He's taken his opportunities, and I think now, you know, with Caleb Clark leaving, there was a wing opening, and you know him. He was there. AJ Lamb's there. They've got a couple of other guys, but I think um, he's basically he's got one of those wing spots secured now, you'd have to say. So I don't know what happens when Mark Talia comes back, if he takes the other wing spot from AJ Lamb, but Bryce Heem has to be in there. He's got to be one of those two wingers. So, uh, you know, you've got to give him credit. He's been outstanding for the Blues. Yeah, that's unfortunate with um, Mark Talia. He hasn't reached the heights he reached uh, last season, you know? No. And I know, I know this because... Because our good mate Roger had him on his uh, fantasy team and he was just k- kicking ass, <laughs> scoring 100 points every week. So, yeah. <laughs> not now, but um, yeah, no, it's good to, if, if Mark comes back in the starting, starting lineup and um, tries to get back to his form he was he was in last year. Yeah, I know um, one of the boys um, who comes on the counter, Joey, he always talks up um, TJ Fayani a lot. He's like a massive TJ Fayani fan. So he hasn't played much. Um, this whole season for the Blues and the back line, especially the guys out wide have really been in poor form so you talk about Mark Talia's been poor Caleb Clark, um, he hasn't 
hit the strips that he was last year. And even Rico Ioani, he hasn't been that good at centre compared to previous seasons. And TJ Fayani is like the glue in the the Blues backline. So I think once he's been back and he comes back and plays well, he makes the guys around him and particularly outside him look a lot better. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if we see a better form from Rico and the rest of the outside backs. Um, with TJ, if he can hold a spot and get uh, over his, his injuries that he's had there. A good, also a good mention is um, Zion Sullivan at fullback. Man, he's been awesome. He's been kicking for territory. You know, his kicks have been on. Just steadying the ship at the back there. He's going to be real good for us when Bowden Barrett comes back in number 10. I'm not sure we're going to put RTS. You're going to put him in the centres or? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think he played in the centres a little bit when he was at school. Uh, wing center so maybe that might be where he, he comes in um i've heard some guys say he might make a good 12 so yeah it'll be interesting to see where they see him fitting sliding into that team as well so yeah um there, definitely some depth there as well so i think the blues um <laughs> i don't want to be that guy that i say every year next year is going to be the year of the blues but it does <laughs> feel good does feel good next year for the blues oh you know, the way the Australian teams are playing, and the, if the Blues win this trans-Tasman competition, no one's going to care. No one's going to care. Australia's <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah. been useless. No one's going to care. Yeah, no. no. No one probably will care. I'll, I'll, I'll still celebrate it just because we haven't won anything <laughs> since 2003. I'll take it. I'll just... Any any title is better than what we've had lately. So, yeah. I think, yeah, the Blues, you know, they're right in the mix. They picked up 10 points so far, top of the table. Hard match this week against the Brumbies, to be fair, but if they can keep going how they're going, it's only five games. It's a five-game tournament, so if they can just, you know, find three weeks of good form, which is all they'll need, and then they can potentially get in the final. So it's one of those weird short tournaments. It's been two weeks in a row that Christie has started at number nine. Yes, yeah. And and this is a big change because during Aotearoa, it was always between Nock and um, Ruru. Yeah. And then it was like, Ruru, he got the start. You know, at the at the back end of the of the Aotearoa season, but now it seems like Finlay Christie has to start from now on. So, but he was he's how he was healthy at the back end of the Aotearoa season. So, I know we were all Finlay Christie fans. Yep. Every time Ruru came on, we're going, "What the hell is this guy doing there? Like, <laughs> where's Christie? Always knock, you know." But hmm. yeah, it seems like a different game plan for Leon McDonald for Trans Tasman compared to what he, his game plan for. Aotearoa, it seems like. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Eh? He He's really given them all even game time, eh? which is weird. It doesn't look like he... Sometimes he doesn't look like he's sure who his best uh, nine is. I know from us, from the outside looking in, we've rated Finley Christie quite highly, and we think that he is. And I think that shows. He's, um, you know, he's, he just makes the least amount of errors as well compared to the other guys. And, you know, he's just a good decision maker and, and that's what you need at nine they've got enough x factor around them they don't need people who are going to run and do you know all the spectacular stuff so yeah i'm, I'm on that same boat finley christie's the the best halfback at, at the blues for sure in my eyes anyway it's good to see the cap back too um patrick Tupulotu come back on in the second half yeah yeah um that, it, that really came through quite strongly in super rugby aotearoa so the blues got off to a really good start i think they won their first two games or maybe the first three or something like that then patrick tupolotu got injured dalton papali's been injured tj fayani who we talked about earlier who he's the npc captain so there was a real leadership void in that uh that blues team during 
Super Rugby Aotearoa, and I think that really came through quite strongly. So I think now they're getting their leaders back, hopefully they can direct them around the park a bit more. Better decision makers, better just, you know, follow me type guys. And yeah, definitely good to see Patrick Tuipulotu. You don't realise how important he is to the Blues until he's not there, and then they start losing games and making dumb mistakes and bad decisions. So his leadership in particular, as well as his general play, is a critical part of their team. Yeah. So, so, so Brumbies um, this weekend, what's your prediction there? What score have you got? My, uh, the Blues at home, they've been playing quite well. So I still think that the New Zealand teams will continue to win. And I think the Blues will win as well. I quite like the Blues. Um, I, I think the Blues by 13 plus. Eh? I, I, I'll give them a really good chance here. Even though the Brumbies, in my eyes, are the, the most re- well-rounded team in Australia. Yeah, I still think Blues 13-plus on that one. If I had to pick one, just while I've got that there, I think the Brumbies in round four, so not this week, though, next week, the Brumbies got the Hurricanes uh, in Canberra. And if you're going to try to find an Australian team to get a win, that might be one. You know, the, the Hurricanes were bottom of New Zealand, and, you know, the Brumbies are good. Playing at Canberra, uh, that might be one if, if for any punters out there. Try that one. What about the Reds? Because... Uh, you know, I watched the first maybe 10 minutes of the Reds-Crusaders game. And the Reds looked good for the first, what I saw anyway. And and then I got too tired because I was, I was watching sports all day. And I couldn't stay out to watch it. I fell asleep. But And then I wake up in the morning and see the scores. Crusaders 60-something to to whatever Reds had. It was like a, it was like a demolition. Yeah. So, I don't know. The I think, I think the Brumbies are a better team than the Reds, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I we talked about this on, on the counterwork as well. So the Brumbies have played the Reds um three times this year. Um, so that's two hundred and forty minutes of rugby that those two teams have played, and I think the Brumbies have led for like two hundred and thirty six minutes of those two hundred and forty minutes, and the Reds have just stolen stolen it at the death and they've ended up winning all three games in the last minute each time so I do agree with you I think the Brumbies are the are the best team in Australia even though they didn't get it done against against the Reds so uh, I, I think they've got the best chance to beat the New Zealand team as well I'll say so um, yeah look at the Brumbies and the, the Reds the Reds not too bad I, they they talked about um, Richie Wonga so Richie Wonga he carved up he carved up in that game but um, he, he was defending at centre. And I remember they did that for the All Blacks in that semi-final against England. And they targeted him there. Eddie Jones figured it out. And they targeted him and it didn't work. So um, it was interesting that they that the Crusaders did that as well. So that might be something to look out for. Maybe someone, if they could run some plays, maybe too wide off the set piece and run at Moonga and see how that goes. But um get some big guys running at him but um yeah i, I don't mind the reds too they, they play an exciting style but i don't know if they're going to get a win even though they're the champs and they they got the chiefs this week as well so you know the chiefs are normally pretty good even though that's in camp uh and um queensland uh, i i still back the new zealand team on that one as well too mm. yeah it's cool it's good that you talked about richie Mwanga because he's been on fire this year this season mm. i think he's doing what he did last year but just turned up a notch you know with his uh, steps and his his running he's always been a good runner but yeah he just seems to break that line even even better and just get past guys and uh, around those lines so it's going to be interesting when Bowden Barrett gets back I don't think Bowden will be in the All Blacks this year is that right he's not going to be picked for the All Blacks uh, they said they said he will be picked they said he will be picked so him and Brody Retallick are the two guys 
from Japan who they're going to put put in there straight away, or in the team anyway, how much game time they'll get to straight off the bat. I think they'll trust the New Zealand-based guys at least early on, just because they don't know how Bodie and 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 you know Retallick have been going, even though they've proven world-class players. So I think they might bring them on a bit more slowly, which means Moonga will probably get the first crack, and you know whoever locks they've got right lock in whoever they get to partner them. And I think they'll bring on the two Japanese guys quite slowly, just initially anyway. But they'll, they'll both be there. They'll both be there. And, and I think TJ as well, uh, assuming? assuming uh, I'm, not sure as well. About, yeah, I'm not sure about TJ. It'll be interesting mm. to see, because he wanted to come straight back in the Hurricanes and they wouldn't let him for whatever reason. He didn't have um, an official sabbatical, prop, a proper sabbatical. He had a different contract. So I'm not sure how that works, but he wasn't able to come straight into the Hurricanes, even though he... He's eligible, and I think um, yeah, it's the same with the All Blacks. They're going to have to bring him on slowly as well. So yeah, uh, we talk about Monga. That's the thing. Like he's been great for the Crusaders, but when you look at his time with the All Blacks, he's probably only had a handful of good games, and that's probably the next next challenge for him as well to turn that Crusaders form into All Black form. Otherwise, I'll, I'm going for Bodie again. I'll pick Bodie at ten if if he can get back to where he was. I, I still think he's a better ten. At all black level, anyway. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you mentioned that because he was the one that everyone pointed the finger at when they lost to England in the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> he was one he of the guys, anyway. Guy. He was. He was um, <laughs> harsh. It was harsh because that was only his first year in the All Blacks, and they put yeah. him in the World Cup. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting. That's that's the next challenge for Monga, and he's good enough. He is mm. good enough. He's world class, so he he should be able to do it. Hopefully, he can this mm. year. Yeah, now he does things that you never see. Like I remember with that time last, I think it was last season when he, when there was a a quick restart and he just slid the ball. He just that was against the Blues. Yeah, against the Blues and ran and slid and grabbed it again. I was like, fuck yeah, this guy. yeah. Because guy's awesome. all these other Blues moves, you know. Mm. <laughs> smart, yeah, he's good at things outside the box. Yeah. 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 True. Okay. Now that um. You know, we're, we're, we're going to come towards the the finals of Trans-Tasman. I think three more weeks. But we're coming to the finals of uh, the Rocky Gola Solo Cup. And uh, and the yes. playoff, start, playoff start this weekend. So yeah. so I heard you over there in Little, Little League. You, you lost your first <laughs> match uh, last weekend. Was that right? Was, nah, was that nah. just because... Huh? Oh, you won that game, did you? Yeah, I got some nitro at the end. Oh, oh I think both of us... <laughs> I, I it was a high. I got like six hundred and fifty, and he got six hundred. So it was a real high-scoring match. But uh, yeah, I stole it at the end, which is unfortunate because <laughs> Fuku was doing his uh, early celebrations, and uh, it didn't work. But um, yeah, man, I've been I've been doing well. I've been doing well on our side. I'm not sure how things are going on your side, but on our side, yeah, I've been going alright. Eh? Oh, on on. On Major League side, it's been, man, you know, <laughs> my, my team just does what my team does. We just come from the back and just come in and, and make it because I just made the playoffs just like last oh, year. Okay. Like, I'm never going to be out of the playoffs. I'm always going to be in the playoffs. doesn't matter how many games I lose, you know, in the, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in, the, in the beginning of the season. You know, when it comes to the business end, I'm, I'm all, I'm there, I'm there. So, you know, I, I just crept in there. I just crept into the playoffs there in fourth oh, nice. place. So, so I'm, I'm lucky that all my, all my guys on my team just peaked they're peaking at the right time man peaking yeah. at the right time so i think that's the key right there you gotta get those guys yep. you gotta get your you gotta avoid the injuries and get those right players you know so yeah i, I had i had bryce him on my team so he scored me a, a 
cool oh. 100, 100 points. 100 wow. points. But but you, you probably scored the highest ever, eh? In the Solo Cup, is that right? You went 500 plus? 500 club? Or 600 yeah, club? Yeah, I got 600. Yeah, 600 club. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think we were close. Who was your big scores? No, I had Monga. He got 100. He got 100 Shit. and something, about 120. And yeah. bloody uh, Luke Jacobson, he got 80, 80-something. 80 so, Jacobs, oh, yeah. He yeah, the Chiefs uh, number eight. Yeah, he got two tries and a couple of line breaks and all the rest of it. So, yeah, just and just all general general guys. Um, but, um, yeah, I had a, a few Crusaders as well because I know they got 60. So they, they mm. really came through in the end, and that's how I was able to steal it at the end. But... Oh, yeah, bro. our league's pretty rough. A couple of 600s, um, high 500s, and our side. <laughs> bro, I was like, I was like licking my lips when when the Crusaders were playing, you know, because I thought, because I, I I got Will Jordan on my team. Oh yeah. And you know, if 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 you had told me, if you had told me that the Crusaders wouldn't score 60 odd points in a game, and I had Will Jordan on my team, I would have thought, <laughs> yeah, man, this guy has definitely got three tries on one of those tries. Yeah, but now, nah, man, you know, it's gonna be eleven points. The S. Oh wow! I never, I didn't actually see the game. I just saw the highlights, so I didn't know <laughs> what happened with Paul Jordan, what happened to him. But um... and then I see on the, I see on stats, he got a yellow card. He got a yellow oh, card okay. in the forty ninth okay. minute. Was shit. So that means yeah. he only scored like that means he only had um twenty one points. I was like, eh? Mm. Fuck, can't have that. You can't have that in the business end of the season. No, well, I mean, what's it, George Bridge? I heard he's got a season ending injury. Yeah, which is uh, unfortunate. But that, what that does mean is like guys like George Bridge and Fanganuku and um and, uh, Silver, Silver and these guys they probably got quite good job security now. I, I think that's going to be the back three for them for the rest of the of the tournament. So if you got one of those three, they're going to start ripping up now. Yeah, my, I had um, a couple of high scores. I had I had Cullen Grace. He scored fifty. Oh yeah. And Alex Nankerville, He scored fifty. Oh yeah, I got uh, Nankerville as well. I got Nankerville. I had him on yeah. the bench. I had bench bloody Nickel, which is uh, oh, true. Oh, you, you didn't need him anyway for your six hundred. But yeah, I could have got seven hundred. Finally, Christy, he scored me forty points. Oh, so nice. that was mm. yeah. So that was good. Yeah, man. So I don't know the the matchups hasn't popped up for next um, a playoff round. So four plays one. So I'll I'll, I'll be facing Andy. Oh, Andy, oh, lost oh two Andy games. came first. Oh, yeah. that's true. He, he lost two games. So I'll be facing Andy um, Atana. He's going to... He came in third, so he'll be playing Dan in, oh, the, yeah. in the semi-final. Well, you you and Dan are normally always up there or thereabouts, but those other two, they came out of nowhere. <laughs> I think... um, uh, Isn't Atana got another team in your one? In the yeah, he had one. He had one. He did a... Um... He's just left it on auto. Oh, yeah, okay. It's for yeah, all the guys. See. see, he wanted to come to, to Major League because he's, he's going hard out. He had no he's chance going... in that one. <laughs> <laughs> so he went on your one. He wanted to win one. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good that he came third. Yeah, yeah. Mm, nice. Mm. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to beating number one seed. Oh, yeah. So that's a, a top four, is it? Top four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, who came fourth, now, but I, so I'll be playing fourth. I think it's either Jack or, or bloody, little Cam's chicken dinner. One of them two. Oh, okay. finish fourth. Yeah, and then accountant and God Squad second, and uh, God Squad was second, 
and then accountant third. So again, the usual guys on our side. <laughs> I see. And we're just gonna get into some in around now. Yep. Okay, so I know you're a die easy warriors fan. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you'll be happy with they win um, in the weekend. And man, the rise of uh, Reese Walsh. Oh, mate, I'm ecstatic about Reese Walsh. He looks every bit the good. So um, I'm just pulling him up now. So three try assists, a try, and four line breaks. Uh, mate, outstanding. And that, those long passes, I'm not sure if you watched the game, but he was happy to throw these long sort of cutting out two guys, 25, 30-meter passes to set up the tries on the wing. So uh, they did some obviously some homework, and they could see that the Tigers were constantly rushing in and taking and leaving the wing open. So he was throwing these long balls and just setting up a whole lot of tries. But, um, yeah, he looks amazing. And, you know, I was a bit worried. We talked about this in the other MJ out the clip with Roger, Roger being on the wing. Because, you know, he's got that high work rate. Um, you know, he runs for 200-odd metres a game from fullback. And that um, that's, uh, sets up the Warriors' sets. So that was a big part of the reason why I wanted to keep him at fullback. But, he, you know, he still got involved on the wing. So uh, the coach, Nathan Brown, deserves a lot of credit. Roger still ranked for about 270 metres. And Nathan Brown's come up with a game plan where he can get the best of both worlds with Walsh and Roger working together. So I'm quite happy to have them both in the team. And just stick with how it's going. And the coach, Nathan Brown, is the guy that I've got to give some credit to as well. So I watched the highlights. I didn't watch the game, but I watched the highlights. I saw um, I saw RTS had, had number one at the back. So he was a fullback, but he played wing. Was that right? Or he was allowed to roam the way? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Ken Momalo was named on the wing. And then he ended up getting um, dropped. And Roger moved to the wing. And then Walsh got called into fullback. And... Um, yeah, a work to treat, a work to treat. That's um, probably one of the best the Warriors have played um, all year, uh, including that game against the Dragons. But I'll put that right up there. And, you know, I think the the Tigers were on a two-game win streak uh, up to that point. So for us to get a win, it still keeps us, I think, we're ninth, just out the top eight on points differential. But, um, yeah, the future's looking quite good with, with, uh, with Walsh at the back. So, yeah, he's going to be, if they can keep him, He'll be a gun for a couple of years now and keep developing him. He'll be good. He's going to be a good signing. Yeah, man, looks good. And, um, oh, so the Warriors are coming uh, ninth. Yeah. So it's still, yeah. On track, still on track there. Yeah, yeah. I predicted them to finish in the bottom half of the eighth, uh, of the eighth there. So, yeah, I think they're still on track. Uh, if I look at their next games, just who they got coming up. So they got the Cowboys this week, uh, Melbourne, which will be a tough game. And then they've got the Knights, the Dragons, and the Sharks. So those are their next five games. I think they can beat the Cowboys, the Knights, the Dragons, and the Sharks. So I think they can win four of those next five games. And um, you know, there's a big chance to move up the table. And also, you know, Origin's coming up as well. So a few teams will potentially be under strength. And we we've got, we won't have anyone in Origin. So, you know, we, we won't be affected. So, uh, yeah, I think over the next sort of five or six odd games, if they can pick up those wins against those understreet teams, yeah, that would go a long way towards shaping the Warriors' season if they can cash in at that time. So, yeah, uh, exciting period coming up for the Warriors, I'll say. Are you hoping the Warriors will face uh, during Origin? Are you hoping they've got the, the Panthers during that time? <laughs> yeah, we do. We've got the Panthers. We've got the Panthers as our sixth During game. that time? Yeah. Yeah, we've got the oh, Panthers. Wow. So they'll, they'll, they'll be without Nathan Cleary and uh, potentially whoever, um, Isaiah Yo. Jerome Loy maybe 
whoever else gets picked. And that's the only chance you've got is if those guys aren't there. Otherwise, I don't see anyone beating the Panthers at this point. They'll, they'll probably lose the game eventually, but I, I would be surprised if it's the Warriors who take them if they're at full strength. But if you if without those Origin players against us at full strength, I mean, I would it might put a cheeky two dollars on. I would put too much on because <laughs> oh, it's not much of a sure bet. But yeah, those Panthers, yeah, man, Penrith. shit. That's a run. That's what you call a run, there. Eh? I mean, you gotta, and you got you, you gotta say if they don't win the whole thing, it's a fail season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Especially after last year, they came so close. Like um, I heard Brett Finch, he's um, he played for the Roosters and all the rest of it. He did this um, this chat about you know the all time great teams. So you think about uh, sort of the Raiders of the sort of late eighties, nineties period. You think about the the Broncos of the late nineties, two thousand period. But he played in the Roosters, right? So they made three grand finals in four years. I'm oh, sorry, four grand finals. I think in five years it was they made but because they only won one they aren't thought of and that they're great the great teams just because they didn't get it done in, in the final games yes yeah, so they made four grand finals uh 2000 2002 three and 2004 but they only bloody won that one which was against the warriors <laughs> in 2002 and that's why yeah no one thinks of that that, that um roosters teams amongst the greats even though Man, to make four grand finals in five years is a massive achievement, and they were good. They had Freddie Fittler and all these guns, but you know, if you don't win titles, then you don't get the recognition, and that's where Penrith are at right now. They need to start. They need to cash in while they can, because once those young guys ask for pay rises, you know, they're going to have to let some of those kids go, and um, you know, this is their premiership window now for sure. Mm. Speaking of pay rises, Isaiah Papali, oh. like that that guy, man, was it all about nurture? For that guy, being in a environment where he's thrived, because this year he's been the man for Eels, and yeah. uh, and when his contract comes to an end next year, he's gonna be demanding heaps a lot of money if he stays healthy mm. and continue his form. Do you blame the Warriors yeah. for for letting him go? <laughs> the Warriors management. <laughs> it's a tough one, eh? I remember like um, we got the the one three five footy show, one of our other podcasts. And Royston, who's a hardcore Eels fan, he was talking up properly. But for me, because I'm a diehard Warriors fan, and I never saw it. I didn't think he was this good. So when they let him go, I wasn't thinking, oh, what a huge loss for the Warriors. So, I mean, you got to give the player some credit because, you know, I think he got to that point where he realized, you know, he's at a crucial um, crossroads of his career, and it's up to him to turn it around. And to his credit, he's done that. He looks fitter. So I think he's a couple of kgs leaner. He's done a lot of work in the off-season. And it just goes to show he's always had that potential, but just he looks like he's put in that application to get to where he is now. So, um, yeah, I'll give credit to, uh, shout out to Royston for talking him up before the season started because I didn't think he was going to be that good, to be honest. And he has been. He's, you know, they talk about it with a salary cap, it can be a bit of a, a leveler. But if you can get those guys on the cheap who play really good, then that, that'll hold you in good stead. Eh? It's when you're not getting the value for money, that's where you start going downhill. Yeah, he's an interesting case because I think he's been on the bench, huh? He was on the bench for the Warriors. And yeah. they, they just sort of snatched him up. They sort of snatched yeah. him up and then here's the starting role and now he's the man. They, they yeah, sort I of think, gave him a chance. 
Yeah, I think they, they had some chats with him, and I heard him mention this, uh, Isaiah Papali'i, he mentioned this, he said that um, the Warriors wanted to use him in the middle, they saw him as a, as a lock, but he wanted to be their edge-back role, which is where Parramatta using him, and that was a big part of the reason why he was happy to move, because the coach at Parramatta said, yeah, we'll play you on the edge if that's where you want to play. So, um, yeah, I, I think so. He he wasn't getting playing where he wanted to play at the Warriors, but he wasn't getting the, the opportunities that he wanted to play. So I think he took the move. He took uh, the Warriors, I will say, the Warriors did offer him a contract. So I, I think they did want to sort of keep him, but, you know, he, he wanted to play a different role in a different environment, and he's made it work, so you've got to give him credit there. So, man, I'm just, just, just about to wrap up, but... um. I just want to get your your view on that Reese Walls try. I saw, I saw that meme on social media about it. Have you, have you seen it? Oh, it, nah, no, I haven't seen it. It's about his dive. You know how he dived? The way he dived? Yeah. They turned him into like Superman and he just he flies around Australia. <laughs> and like, oh, he yes. continues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, that was an awesome try. Eh? He, showed, he showed good hands, good spatial awareness. And that dive it reminded me of um, Joe Rokothoko in the All Blacks. You know, he always does those quite flashy dives. So, yeah, it's good. He's so light on his feet. And, and one thing I wanted to say about Reese Walsh, right? Because they've, they've, they've had Roger. And he will be a big loss for the Warriors. There's no doubt about that. But he's on a million dollars a season, uh, Roger is. And when you see the way he plays, you know how strong he is, how his leadership, his professionalism on and off the field. Now he's worth all that money. But they signed Reese Walsh on $400,000. And that feels like an absolute bargain at the moment. But that leaves him about $600,000 of extra money in the cap and to potentially upgrade, you know, other areas of the squad. So the future is looking good. If they can, Warriors can keep Reese Walsh, because he's only 18, he's going to get better, and they spend that $600,000 wisely on upgrading some other areas of the squad. And I think um, Walsh, along with those key signings, could hopefully, and I'm talking as a Warriors, diehard Warriors fan who wants some hope, they could lead them to a brighter future, man. So, yeah, Reese Walsh, he is one of the most exciting youngsters I'll see. And and you don't you don't normally it's not normally a story you associate with the Warriors. You know, like oh you don't see headlines like the you know, Warriors get most promising youngster in the game chooses to sign with the Warriors. That never happens. So just as a fan, I'm really excited that we got him over everyone else. You know, when you think the world's his oyster and he can pick any team and um, you know, from to choose a team like ours. You know, says, uh, to me, he says the Warriors are heading in the right direction, and he's going to be a big part of the Warriors' future for sure. And good try, good try it was. <laughs> Four hundred thousand, fuck. You know, you think that the Brisbane Broncos will throw in another fifty grand just to keep him, but oh mate, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like you look at who they're paying their money to. They've got guys who are nowhere near as good. Like Wilford's on a million dollars, and um, Lodge is on a shitload of money. They've got all these guys. Who are no, who aren't as good as Walsh? Who aren't playing as good as Walsh? Who are on double his money? So they should have, they should have done a bit more to keep him. But um, yeah, well, I'm not complaining. You know that that's sort of a indictment on where the where the Broncos are at. They can't keep the right guys. They had Sam Walker as well. So you think about the two best youngsters in the game at the moment, Reese Walsh and Sam Walker from the area. Yeah, they're both uh, from the Broncos and the Broncos catchment mm. got let go. So yeah. They got big problems here, and we can we're happy to cash in. Yeah, that that that, that sort of reminds me of a topic I wanted to do next time uh, about about the money side of things, how we make these players accountable, and how to you know 
get incentives for these players to maybe do better for their teams, especially especially the fact of knowing how much you earn. No, the NRL, I know I know American sports, they do it, and yeah. NRL they do it too. So it's not done around New Zealand. It's not done in in New Zealand rugby circles, but no. it might be a it might be something that might need to change um, or to have have a look at. But yeah, man, no, th- thanks for for coming on empty out the clip bro and um I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to more of your episodes on counter and I'm, yep. I'm looking forward i'm looking forward to your episode on the the monosamo their anniversary yeah it's the, gonna be exciting. the 90, 91 world cup mm. yeah looking forward to that as well hopefully we can figure out what went wrong from there but um it's going to be a big upcoming episode 30 year anniversary of the manu samoa um world cup 91 and how awesome they were and then we're going to touch on why it doesn't why it went downhill after that but um yeah just something for our listeners to keep an eye out for sweet man sweet brother have a good night you too <laughs> 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 it's us <laughs>